Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? My name is Emma Carpenter. We're here at the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show. I'm on the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant podcast stage. I'm so excited to get it going here today. My first guest that I'm going to have on the podcast here today is Jesse Acharya. Jesse is a former professional golfer and current regional store sales leader. And Jesse, it's so good to see you again. We actually played against each other a number of years ago in an MGA event. But first of all, thank you so much for, for coming on with me today. Yeah, Emma, thanks for having me. This is great. What's up, Minneapolis? Good to be here. Uh, yeah, some of my most favorite times since I've lived in this state are playing in MGA events, and yours was no different. Loved well, it. Well, awesome. That's a, that's a little bit of a preview to our third guest that we're going to have on later today. We're going to talk a lot more about the MGA. But, yeah, Jesse, do you – it's so funny. We got to talk about this a little bit before the podcast. Do you not remember beating me in this match that we played against each other? <laughs> I think we've gone back and forth on this. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm not going to lie. I finally did look it up, and I think I, I won on 18. But it was a very tight match throughout. <laughs> yeah, it was, an, it was up in the air for a while. We, she wouldn't believe me. She's like, yeah, you kicked my butt. And I said – I'm pretty sure you beat me. I'm pretty sure we were going back and forth. No, but, we, yeah, it was some birdies towards the end. You won on 18. Really, really impressive. It definitely goes to show why you played on the Symmetra Tour for as long as you did. So, speaking of that, Jesse, why don't we talk a little bit about your golf career, first of all, and then we'll move into a little bit what you're up to right now and everything going on. So, you first played – you wanted to play professional golf, um, uh, but – Tell me a little bit about your amateur career before you made the decision to, to play professionally. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it was a, a really fun ride. So I grew up in Montana, which very different golf scene than here in Minnesota. Not a lot of girls played golf, so I saw some success early, and it was really fun. I think it spurred me on. I was starting to get more uh, trophies in the house than my twin brother, so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> here we go. Let's just keep going on this uh, ride. Um, so, yeah, I played high school in a really small town, um, and I won my state championship all four years. So uh, that was the first time that that had happened in the state, and I think, again, it just Oof. kind of uh, catapulted me to be like, Maybe this is something I love this sport more and more as I get better at it and I want to continue playing. So I got a college scholarship to the University of Montana and spent four uh, miraculous years there. Loved every minute of it. I know you've had a tremendous uh, career at the University of Minnesota, but um, again, yeah, really fun. Wanted to, um, yeah, just keep getting better. And senior year, I won our conference title, and that was the first year our team had ever won um, the conference championship. So left on a really high note. And then from there, it was like, all right, we're going to keep doing this thing. So uh, living in Montana, I felt that it was not the right decision to stay there if I wanted to play golf for a living. So I packed up all my things in my car, and I headed down to Arizona. And then from there, uh, yeah, worked extremely hard on on a bunch of mini tours to uh, to keep my, my career going forward. That's so awesome. You know, it's 
it's funny to hear you say that your experience as a young female golfer not being surrounded by a lot of other women and I tell you what walking around the golf show and seeing all the little girls around here all the younger girls it just means the absolute world to me to be able to see the women's game growing and girls getting involved with the sport at a much younger age because for me I you know I played on the boys golf team in high school I didn't have a lot of girls in my area if any girls in my area to play golf with so you know you and I share that similar experience I'm sure a lot of other women who are you know around our age have had that same experience but hopefully and it seems like times are times are changing so that's really really exciting so what made you, made the decision helped you make the decision to turn professional was was it that conference championship win or was it just it was it kind of always your aspiration I think kind of that that high school and into college time where I was really starting to see some success it was like maybe this can be something it was obviously the time I'm significantly older than you but where Tiger Woods and Annika Sorenstam were just killing it and it was so fun to see um yeah to see golf really flourishing and yeah, I wanted to be like them. And I'm like, why, why can't I just because I'm from from a tiny town in, in Montana, like, let's keep going. And my parents were really supportive, um, had to work really hard and do some, you know, part time jobs on the side to, to make ends meet to keep going. But right. they were always like, chase after it. If this is what you want to do, we're here to support. So I think it was kind of a combined effort there well yeah ch chase the dream I absolutely love it and golf you're a huge part of golf now post-professional career continuing on in the golf industry and something that you're passionate about so you moved to Minnesota got a job with a medical company uh first maybe thought that you didn't want to stay in the golf industry but uh you were absolutely just born to be a part of it right <laughs> so um you got a call at the end of 2017 right after you know PXG was pretty new as a brand and joined on with two other fitters in Minnesota soda so tell me a little bit about about that start with pxg now yeah for sure i i as you said i had no intention of being in the golf industry if i wasn't playing and i think part of that was just you know hard coming off of that was my identity that was everything i i did everything i thought about all day was playing and and making it on the lpga so when it uh, was time to to be done i think i just needed a perspective or some time away and i truthfully wasn't looking and yeah, I got a call from a girl that I had played out on tour with, and she had joined PXG early on and said, hey, Jesse, I saw you moved to Minnesota. I'm starting this new role around the country where we need to just create more awareness about what this uh, what this brand is all about because at that point, a ton of people had not heard of it. Those who had knew it was very, very expensive. So it's like, how do we just get the word out to um, to more and more people? And so I, I just took a leap of faith thinking, man, this – this company is different than um, than anything that I had ever dealt with in the golf industry, and that made it exciting. And, um, yeah, to your point about the women, too, like that's one of the most rewarding things I think I've been a part of is helping golfers and any gender, but I love seeing the game grow on the women's side. So helping um, women play more and have more fun with it and make sure that their, their clubs, they're not just going to buy, you know, something off of a rack just because it says ladies on it. Like we want it fit specifically to you. I love that. I love that 100%, especially all the women who are just kind of trying to get into the game or is it you know, a male figure in their life? Is it their husband who, who's introducing them to the game and they walk right into a store and they buy, by ladies clubs and a huge part of you know as far as just building awareness for the women's game and all of these different brands that we're talking about you like pxg a big part of it is 
you know, really encouraging women to not have to feel timid about mm-hmm. about joining on to not feel at all intimidated by walking in and being surrounded by men that's a huge part of of what it's all about and that's why it's so exciting to see so many more women getting involved and uh everything that you're doing everything that that what's going on right now as far as just putting more information out there more content if that's what it is everything just about about women in the game. So when you first started fit, you were fitting for PXG. Is that kind of how it started? Interestingly, it didn't. So I was brought on for a role that they technically called like a marketing sales role, but it was at that point because we were so new, just um, how do we get more people in front of our fitters? So I had two great um, master fitters that I worked with that brought me into the company and just really helped me every single day and I think it was because I was just organically with them all the time I started you know working with people that would walk up on the range and want to try our clubs and then it just started to become more and more and I enjoyed that aspect and within yeah six months uh, my role just kind of uh, transpired into uh, into being able to fit and then they gave me my own car and my own fitting matrix and said, all right, you're on your own. Like, get out there and, and continue growing this territory, which was really, really fun. And I got to, to kind of make it my own. And I was the only uh, female in the company at that point that was fitting. Yeah, no kidding. That is so awesome. Did you find that transition from being a competitive golfer, a professional golfer, to then moving over into a different part of the industry? Did you find that to be a difficult transition, maybe easier than you thought? What did you think? Yeah, it's a good question. I think maybe some of both. Um, the piece that I that I just really enjoy is that everybody is individual and what you're looking to gain, you know, whether it's just more fun or you want to hit it further, or you want to hit it higher, like everybody's got their own thing that they're looking for. And for me, um, even though, yeah, I'm not competing at a professional level, like I still feel like I'm involved and able to help them. Um, which is really cool. And then, yeah, um, now here in, in Minnesota, being able to play amateur golf again has just been really uh, rewarding and satisfying too to be able to get back to that competitive edge a little bit as well. Definitely. Wow. Well, so you're decked out in the PXG <laughs> gear right now. It looks beautiful. I love it. I definitely am going to need one of those jackets. But so tell me a little bit about the local store. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, And shout out, we are on the kind of the kitty corner side we do have a booth here this year which is fantastic but we have a phenomenal state-of-the-art pxg retail store Um, it's in southdale center in edina it's one of only 21 stores in the whole country so not uh, not every market has gotten a store Um, this this store here was i think the fourth one to uh, to come about and yeah so we opened right before covid hit and um, except for that short stint where we had to be closed for that, it's just been truly incredible. And the store allows us to um, to bring people in to go through our fitting experience, which is that one-on-one time with our fitter. It is meant to be really fun, um, informative, but also collaborate together to find um, what we were talking about earlier, just that individual set for you. Because what you need and what I need are going to be different, and everybody needs something different and we have something for everybody whether um and also budget level so like i mentioned before we came out we were extremely high end very very expensive and we still have that but we also have something for every single budget out there we want to um, be able to offer our products our awesome technology to any golfer no matter 
um, where that budget range is for you. So if it's on the entry level side, we have great products for that as well. So definitely. Yeah. So that's something that I feel like I have pushed so much in a lot of my socials and anytime I'm talking about clubs and club fitting, so many people don't really understand the importance of club fitting, the importance of if your your size, your stature, your swing speed, how you hit the golf ball, I mean, everything, no matter if you're a man or you're a woman or age, everything, it's going to just be individualized per person, and it's going to change your golf game 100%. I remember my dad, Jesse, not too long ago, he was <laughs> – I shouldn't laugh at him. He was using these, like, really, really heavy, steel, stiff um, – blade irons and he is 60 years old mm -hmm. you know he's not swinging the club as fast as he used to and I'm like dad listen you can't be using these, these <laughs> golf clubs and I said here use some of these clubs that I, I used when I was a little bit younger <laughs> and he was hitting them way better but I tell you if he exactly. came in for a PXG fitting it, it would be a lot better than my old clubs but well it's you're not wrong and I would say a, a ton of people that come through our doors same exact case um, myself, I was guilty of it before mm -hmm. um, earlier on when I wasn't going through fittings. And, you know, you go into a shop and you just grab something off the shelf and you go or it's a hand-me-down from somebody. But, um, yeah, we really just want to create awareness that that there is something that's going to work, you know, best for you. And so, yeah, allow us to help you find what that is and have fun doing it. That's absolutely right. So PXG also just launched some new woods, the yeah, Black yeah. Ops. Are those available in your store, in the local store? They are fresh out of, uh, yeah, out of the, um, our, our owner, Mr. Bob Parsons. He has, one thing that I'll say since the beginning of PXG, he will not cut corners when it comes to uh, the products and the technology. And it's been, it's been really neat because we came out, um, we were really, an, I call it an irons and wedge company at the beginning in terms of like that product stood um, apart from everything in the industry. Now we have woods that are just incredible and they are, they just came out a couple weeks ago. We have them in our store. We have them at the booth too. The early performance that we're seeing uh, is truly incredible and a little um, uh, teaser, I guess I'll say, is we're having a month long starting February 15th, a uh, Black Ops, which is the name of it, Driver Challenge in our store. Oh. So it's going to be super fun. Um, you come in with your current driver. You're going to test it against ours. And if you win in both distance and dispersion on TrackMan, we will just pay you $100. <laughs> You're kidding me. That That is how confident we are in the performance of this, of, of the new Black Ops. So we have two um, two models in the in the driver head, but it's it's been truly uh, phenomenal so far. So we're wow. pumped. Wow. So distance and dispersion for anyone listening, dispersion is basically how far you're hitting it off center left and right. So if you're hitting it 10 yards left and then you hit another one, 10 yards, right, that's about a 20 yard dispersion. So we all want to hit the driver straight, right? For me, apparently my coach was telling me not too long ago, uh, my stats show that if I hit fairways, I score the ball better. So <laughs> I think that, uh, importance thing, and we obviously want to hit the ball long. So distance and dispersion with this PXG driver, that's very, very interesting. You can make a hundred bucks if your if your driver that you have currently, if your gamer, it works any better. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, wow. if you guys, if you come in, you win distance and dispersion. Um, we'll we'll give you a hundred bucks and off you go. When is the challenge happening? 
February 15th through March 15th. Awesome. So we'd love 15th. to have you in as well, Emma. You got to <laughs> come check out the place anyway. So. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'll be there. I'll be there ASAP. So <laughs> something special also about these woods is that they're dropping right now in January, which is different because it's normally been March, April in the past. So just been a little bit behind. So tell me about kind of the importance of why dropping them right now is really helpful. Sure. Yeah, it's exciting for us in the timing. Um, we... Uh, one of the other things with our company is we don't launch on specific timelines. So there's a lot of the other uh, great manufacturers out there that will do, you know, you know exactly when they're coming out with a new line of woods or irons. For us, it's when we, come, when we find something that is noticeably better and our engineers and our owner, uh, Mr. Bob Parsons, sign off on it. And so that could be uh, January, it could be August, it, there is no timetable. And oftentimes we as employees with the company don't know very much, very far in advance. So it always makes it interesting. But January for us is in really exciting because we know that, you know, the other uh, manufacturers have new woods around that time. In the last few years, we have been a little bit behind, but now we get to really focus on that up front and get to see that versus the other competitors. And that's part of where this driver challenge is really exciting too. So excited to have uh, have these out earlier than, than we have in the past. Definitely. That's absolutely very exciting. So something that we've talked a lot about is, is fitting, is growing the women's game. Something that I have noticed a lot about PXG, especially over the past several years, is its real presence in women's golf. I feel like I'm seeing it all over the way that PXG is really embracing the growth of women's golf. Can you tell me a little bit about, more about that and the targeting and, and strategy there? Yeah, it's been really neat. And I'll say so our owner, his wife is very involved with our company, with our brand. She um, she runs our, our, or she designs and runs our apparel side. And it's, uh, yeah, you you commented on what I was wearing earlier, but everything she does is very detailed. It's all um, fantastic um, in terms of the materials that are used on the on the apparel side. But yeah, getting back to the women's in just golf. So we have a few different uh, channels. So LPGA, we have 13, I believe, LPGA Tour pros that are fully sponsored by PXG. We have others out there who play the products that aren't even technically under sponsorship. So it's really neat to see um, that side growing. Um, another really neat thing on the college side, so we have several uh, college programs that we sponsor. And if we bring on a new men's program, we also bring on the women's program um, at that same place. So it's oh, really wow. something that uh, that we've placed a lot of focus on is, uh, is the women's side and growing that side of the game. Um, on the professional mini tour side, we sponsor the, we call it the race to stage two, and that's qualifying school for, for those of you that, that aren't aware, there's a whole um, progression of events that have to happen to get onto the LPGA tour. Well, there's a, um, a tour called the Women's All Pro Tour, and we sponsor the, the winners there as part of their stepping stone onto that tour. So we try and make, yeah, different ways to really be involved on the women's side. Um, there's a day in the summer that um, all women are encouraged to take the day off from work and go play. It's part of, like, Women's International Golf Day, and that was brought on by 
by Renee Parsons, uh, Mr. Parsons' wife. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot of things we have our hands in, but we just really want to grow the game on the, the women's side and, and have fun doing that. Wow, that's that's absolutely remarkable. That's so great to hear. It's it's really wonderful, everything that you guys are doing. Well, Jesse, before, before we say goodbye here, lastly, what's the future? What's the future for PXG? What's the future for you? Oh, man, that's a big loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think... It's, it's going to be one thing with PXG, it is always changing. It's always evolutionizing, and I don't see that. Nothing about that is going to change. Um, it's going to just, yeah, keep getting better and better. The neat thing there is um, we really love just the fact that we get to work one-on-one -on -one with all of our customers, and that won't change. It's something that, you know, the relationship side, when you come in and work with us in the store or on a range, like you have a golf buddy for life in us in terms of your equipment. Like we want you to reach out to us. So that that's something that that will continue on. Um, and yeah, I hope that that I can be part of the the brand and the golf side for for a, a lot of years to come. Um, I still enjoy getting out and competing a little bit here and there in the summer. Um, but yeah, being able to to grow the game and get more more people exposed to this brand and just golf in general is is going to be the the ticket going forward. I love it. I love it. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for joining me today. You are absolutely awesome. Biggest congratulations to you on everything that you've done. We're here at the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show. Jesse Acharya, thank you so much again. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Emma, and congrats to you on all of your successes, and I'm excited to watch your future, too. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out my Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Emma Carpenter. I'm the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show Ambassador, and we're here on the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant podcast stage. Thank you so much to Jesse Acharya for joining me on the podcast today. She's the former professional golfer and current regional store sales leader. Uh, she's with PXG, so super exciting stuff that we got to chat about, all the exciting things that she's done and also that PXG's up to. You can check out the booth for anyone here at the golf show. They've got a booth and demo hitting area over there just on the other edge of the demo area uh, towards the back area of the of the convention center here. So, uh my next guest, I am so excited to have sitting here next to me is my assistant coach, Matt Higgins, my assistant coach at the University of Minnesota. Matt, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me on, Emma. It's 
uh, happy to be here. I know. We feel like we do this back and forth a lot of times just for fun, but now we're doing it for real. Yeah, it's getting recorded. So. <laughs> normally, normally, my assistant coach, Matt Higgins here, he interviews me for fun. He thinks it's so funny to test me all the time on my interviewee skills. He'll hold up a what, – what were you holding up yesterday? Coke Zero can. Yeah, it was a Coke Zero yeah. can. And he said, oh, Emma, blah, 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 asking me questions. See, I can't even come up with a question right now. He's a lot better at it than I am. But So, Matt, now we're doing it for real. Yeah, let's go. So I'm get because we're on the podcast right now. Does that yes. mean I get to call you Matt and not Coach? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Although I sometimes do. It's so you answer. You have to answer to Coach Matt, Coach, Coach Higgins, Higgins, Higgy, Matt. Um, yep. Any you, other names? Anything that's appropriate, I'll answer to for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. One time he said to me, so so Matt came on uh, with me. For anybody listening who doesn't know, Matt's been here at the University of Minnesota for this is your fourth, third year. Third, third, year. year. Yep. third year. It's what, like three years almost exactly, right? Yeah, last, you came in two weeks time. ago. Yep. Three, yeah. three years, two weeks ago. Well, congratulations on your third year anniversary of coaching. Yeah, here. it's hard to believe. It seems like we've known each other a lot longer, actually. <laughs> um, here I was thinking you were going to say, time has really <laughs> flown by when you're having fun. It's like, no, Emma. It has. We've been I around mean, each other for way too I long. I remember the first tournament we were at. And we'd known each other for probably a week or two weeks, and <laughs> we had a lot of fun that week. So okay. Was... Actually, I do have to tell the story on the podcast. This is pretty funny. We're walking down. So you, you have walked with me a ton, which I love. I tell you, I love when you walk with me. We have a lot of fun on the golf course, but so we're walking down and we're playing. It's my first tournament with you as my coach, and we're joking around. And um, he said, "Oh, so you know who who recruited you exactly?" Because John Cleary was here at the time, and I said, "Well, you know, actually, if you were here coaching, I, there's no way I would have come to play up here." Obviously, joking, lots of sarcasm. And then he said, "Oh, well, I mean, you think I would have recruited you?" <laughs> He came right back yeah, at it. We've right? gone back and forth, and all in good fun, though. It's been it's been all fun. in good fun, all in good fun. I've I've learned so much from you as as a coach, Matt. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, let's talk about a little bit about your personal coaching career. So, what drew you to coaching in the first place? I know initially after school you didn't start out as a coach. So yeah. when did you make that shift, and why? You know, it was a. I have a very unique coaching story on how I got into coaching. I was working at a university here, a local university in a whole different area. And at the time, uh, the athletic director at the university was Dan O'Brien. He was a big football guy here in the area. He was the athletic director, and he asked me to start a golf team. He knew I loved to golf. He knew I had the passion for golf. Um, so I said, sure, why not? We started as a club team. And after that first year, he made us a full-fledged, we were a Division two school, uh, made us a full-fledged sport. And I kind of got started. He said, now take the reins, go ahead and do it. So wow. that first, you know, three years of, of coaching the women's team, I mean, we would go to these tournaments and, you know, I had to find volunteers, walk-ons, all walk-ons. We are fundraising at Timberwolves games to, to raise money for a polo just to buy a shirt and, and a golf bag. And so, I mean, we've come a long way since then. But, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I was just – I always say I was at the right place at the right time. And usually sometimes that's – in life, that's sometimes your biggest break. Oh, my is gosh. when you're at the right place the right time. Wow. So. Well, that's a, that's a really amazing story. I, I definitely haven't heard that full story. But, I mean, Coach, that's definitely also a huge testament to just you and the excitement and the passion that you were able to drive and that you were able to bring to go from – 
coaching, you know, to turn that program into an actual program at the school. Yeah. That's, that's a huge testament to you. Well, I appreciate that. It was a lot of learning. I'm not going to say it was perfect. Um, you know, what was good is we had a ton of support, and we just kind of went, and the thing was is we had a lot of fun. We, no matter what we did, we, we had a lot of fun with it. And I think with the girls, we had 12 girls at the time. I was 24, 25 years old. I had two girls on the team older than myself. So that was quite challenging. Um, but it was it was a good time. It was a good challenge. What was helped me is I was able to, we added the men's team in 2004, and I was able to hire on an assistant. And when I hired on my assistant, uh, someone said, you know, I told him a friend of mine, I said, I want to find the best assistant I can find. This this means a lot. And he said, well, I got a name for you, but I don't know if you'll be able to get him. So I said, well, give me the name. And the name he gave me was Craig Warrion. And Craig Warrion, local, everyone knows Craig here in Minnesota. He's a master teaching, teaching PGA professional. So I went and met with Craig. And, man, 10 years later, you know, he, he came on. We worked together for 10 years. I say we worked together, but he was more of a mentor. And I think that's where I really learned, not just about coaching, but just learned how, about how to deal with, with people, with kids, with, with uh, athletes. Uh, he definitely taught me a lot about the golf swing and the mechanics behind that and, and all that stuff. So I, I was able to get mentored by him for about 10 years while he was on staff. Um, but then we had a lot of fun, though, together as well. And I think that's the th key part of it is if you can keep that fun in whatever you do. And I think you're experiencing that here with your experience at the U. We have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, that's one thing that will really help a team, help a squad, um, help you in life. You got to enjoy life, right? Everyone says enjoy life. So right. I think that's a key aspect to it. Right. A huge part of of everything that we do in life is, is enjoying it. Mm -hmm. If you can't find the enjoy, enjoyment in golf, what's the point? Mm -hmm. But gosh, that's that's an amazing story. Craig Craig is such a great guy. And yeah, I connected met, me yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. He's a, a really, really wonderful man. Yeah. So I think when you say that, you know, you were in the right place at the right time, it sounds like a big part of it is just meeting all of the right people. And you Surrounding know, for yourself. me, yes. gosh, I mean, I've been so fortunate. Um, talked a little bit yesterday when I was on Twin Cities Live. Mm -hmm. I said, honestly, for me, it's just I'm lucky to be surrounded by the people that I yep. am, like people like you and Rill and the whole team. I'm I'm so fortunate. And gosh, what was it for you that really uh, coaching in general, was it that helped, you know, kind of that, that drove your fulfillment? In it? Sure. Yeah. So the passion behind it for me was to be able to impact these kids lives at their most impactful stage I think in their lives there you know you start building these relationships with these young men and women at the age of 15 14 15 now 16 years old and and you continue that all the way up to you're going to be 23 you're yeah, 23, gonna be right 23 now. yeah yeah so I mean you're, you're you're really influencing and and trying to set that example to these kids right at that stage of life and I think that for me was a big passion of mine of is how do we prepare these kids on the golf course, but most importantly, how do we prepare them for to move on in, in, in their career and their families? You know, this is my 24th year of coaching, so I got kids that have families that have, that have been married. They, you know, it's insane how, I say old they are, but, you know, how time goes by so fast. And that's the re fulfillment for me is getting invited to these weddings, seeing the kids on social media, their their kids on social media take up the game. And, and that's been the fun part for me. Wow, absolutely. Well, I mean, 
is part of what makes you such a great coach and such a great person is all about that. We've talked about that a ton because, you know, your four years that you play in college, your four years that you play in high school, you know, eight years that you play between high school and college, that's just one small part mm -hmm. of your life. As much as we want to get so caught up in the scores and how we play and how we do, the biggest thing is just about, you know, preparing you for the rest of your life and, and what you're going to do. And that, that's something that we've talked about mm -hmm. a lot. I know that you have uh, instilled in us of just what is what are these years, especially, you know, having the opportunity to be a student athlete, how do these years prepare you for the rest of your life? And I think that that's really special yeah. that, that we can, you know, really, really focus on what's important. So um, now I want to move into coach. I want to move into a little bit more. You know, I just brought up. Oh, there's a big celebration going on over there at the, the 19th hole. Is there a hole-in-one on the 16th hole? Congratulations over there. Hole-in-one on the 16th hole at uh, the Sim Golf at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We got set up there. Does that <laughs> That's pretty a exciting. Hole -in -one? Way to go. Good job, Mike. Oh, we got a oh one of his players who was a guest. Well done, well done. Congratulations! I haven't even had a hole in one on sim golf or in person, so that's <laughs> it's already, coming this spring. It's thanks. coming. Thanks. Yeah, we keep saying that, but hopefully. So, <laughs> so we talk about um, the the future, you know, of of players, players in college, but and how an amazing opportunity, what an amazing opportunity it is to be a student athlete uh, at, at a university. So, Coach, I want to talk about recruiting. You do a lot of recruiting. Like you said, you've been coaching for 24 years. So what are some of the biggest things that you look for in a recruit when you're, when you're out on the road watching yeah, players? Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, there's the, the general answers, right? You look for their talent, mm -hmm. and you, you, you need to see – um, how good they are under certain situations. I actually like to see them struggle a little bit because mm -hmm. I like to see them under some adversity, whether it be with the weather or their swing or whatever the case is. A lot of it I look for, too, is how they treat people. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I know Coach Brinsmead says the same thing. Um, but, you know, we have these young young females and young males that are playing, and if their temper gets a hold, how they, how they handle their temper on the course, how mm -hmm. they treat their parents is a big thing that we look at. Um, I always look at the legs of their stand bag because if they're swinging their club and hitting the legs they're, they're going to be bent or broke um <laughs> you know it says a lot to me as as i'm recruiting so on top of all the talent stuff we got to look at character stuff too so i think those are the things that i'm specifically looking at and i right. know coach brinsby does the same thing i think that's why we've made such a good team over the last couple of years and and have brought in the kids that we've brought in is because of the similar philosophies that we have with that right i've told so many young players you know as a young when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, you got a college coach coming to watch you play. It's so nerve-wracking. I dealt with it. Oh, my gosh, you're freaking out for me. I would snap hook a driver. And come. I'm like, oh, great, so I'm not going to college. It's like it's so nerve-wracking. But I tell so many young players, you know, as hard as it is not to be nervous, your scores in general are going to speak for themselves. At the end of yeah. the day, a lot of coaches like to watch you struggle, like you just mentioned. Yeah. At the end of the day, you really just need to be um, – and you should be this way anyway, obviously, 100% of the time. Like we talked about, having fun, finding the enjoyment. Golf is not going to be fun if you're just angry out there, if you're yeah. frustrated out there, as hard as it may be, because, you know, it's a frustrating game. I know you've seen me frustrated out there on the golf course. Um, hopefully, you know, it's it's a lot better and will continue to get better because um, it's, it's a lesson you might need to continue to learn. But uh, no matter what level of golf that you are, you should always try to remember to have fun, remain even keeled. So 
I think that, you know, young players, if you can exhibit that, yeah. if you can show that um, at the end of the day, you know, you have gratitude, you're happy to be there, yep. you're you're nice to be around. It's really important. You never want to be that person on the golf course that people don't want to get paired yeah, with. And you, yeah, you can know exactly, oh, I got to play with so-and-so today. And right. I mean, that that's exactly it. I mean, as far as the golf as far as the golf specific stuff, I mean, obviously we look at ball striking and speed and, you know, you, you really can't, you know, how well they manage themselves around the course mentally. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are some of the stuff that, that, that if you're advanced at that at such a young age, you're going to do pretty well in college as well. So I think to the mixture of that, those things, uh, that's what we kind of look for in an athlete. Definitely. If you were, if you were to say to a young player um, that there was something that they could work on that would be really impressive to college coaches, what would that be? So all the players that are trying to, to gear up to get recruited to play college golf. Yeah, well, I think we've hit it. We've said it many times already. Well, first you got to enjoy it. you got to have right? a passion for it because mm -hmm. if you're – being forced to be out there, you're not going to enjoy it, just like in anything. Um, but I think if you're really trying to work on it, I always say it, you know, with length in the last five, six, seven years, how, how important length has become off the tee. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a long hitter. You know yourself. I think the further down you can hit it, the closer, easier it's going to be, the shorter the club you're going to have in your hands. Yeah, it might be out of the rough, but you really can't teach length. You get you can you can train for it, but you can't teach it. So I think that's something that I would say if you can really get into a golf-specific program as far as a, a lifting or a cardio or some sort of weight program that's golf-specific that will really work that. I think some of these kids are, I mean, it's changed so much in the last 15 years as well, what what you look for. But these kids now are athletes. They're just right. not golfers. So. Right. Um, that, that's another thing, too, I think, that I've really enjoyed over the past is recruiting athletes, recruiting kids that have played multiple sports, recruiting kids that have some hand-eye coordination in other areas of life. So Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, I've said to people, too, I started playing golf when I was 12 years old, so fairly late, and I, I committed to play here at the university when I was 15. And a big part of it was um, just kind of – starting out my ability to, to hit the golf ball off the tee. A lot of, a lot, I was talking to a lot of schools at the time, especially, you know, University of Minnesota being one of them. Uh, I was not good enough to play here, but they said, hey, listen, the fact that you can hit the ball as long as you can, that shows a lot of potential. And I was like, well, cool, you know, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, obviously work as hard as I can to get as good as I can. And that's definitely been a big part of, you know, what has helped me uh, get better is to take advantage of my length, but to also, you know, narrow it in and yep. learn how to uh, manage my game and be aggressive at the right times. That's something that we've talked about a lot as well. So now, Coach, we talked about kind of what you what drove your initial passion for coaching, um, what you look for. Now I want to talk a little bit about your philosophy would you say that your main coaching philosophy is anything other than how we've talked about just having fun and uh, gearing up for for life yeah you know I think it's a loaded question but I think what I would like to see is or my philosophy I said if you were to ask is you know I want to make an impact in these players lives that they're going to all, like we've talked about remember past these four years right, right. and uh, I don't care what area that's in. I think, you know, we've built a really good, you know, you and I have built a really good uh, player-coach relationship that I think is going to continue, or at least I hope continues after you've done playing. But I've seen you grow in the last three years. That's something that I want to see in all the players, right? right. We want to see these players grow. And, and you know, for me, it's, it's, it's I, that's where I find my, my I guess, my, uh, 
fulfillment, I right. think would be the word, is to see these kids, you know, grow and, and to see them um, master their craft. You really can't master golf. You, and life is hard to master. You're always going to try to master that. But, you know, you can master certain areas and you can strive to be better in certain areas. And that's things that I've seen you and all your teammates do. You, you have specific areas in your life that you're trying to really excel at. And I think it all combines together and makes you who you are. Um, so, you know, for me, also what's impacted me a little bit is I have two daughters that are your age right now, and that's really changed my philosophy of coaching and how mm -hmm. I coach. I mm -hmm. used to be a, you know, back back in the day, I used to be almost, I say, like the basketball type of coach and <laughs> pretty hard on these kids. And, and over the last probably six, seven years, Matt, that's really changed. And, you know, how would I coach? How would my daughters be coached? That's how I'd like to coach. And, and you know, I, if, if they need to be talked to sternly just to wake them up, that's what I'm going to do. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you parent them. I've told you many times I, I want to be, I don't want, you know, I, I want you to feel like you're comfortable coming up to me, whether it be a golf question or a life question. Right. And, and that's that more mentorship and parent type of of relationships. I so. completely agree. And that, that is the kind of relationship that, that extends on, on past school. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, I, you know, to be able to say here when I finish up in my time, uh, in a few months from now, to be able to say that you have helped me grow as not only a player, but also as a person is something, something really, really special. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. I, I think to what brings me a lot of peace. I, I have a tendency to get really, really nervous on the golf course. And, uh, you know, I know we got a really special team this year. I'm so excited for the rest of the season and I want to be a big part of it. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think to myself, like, gosh, we got this awesome opportunity. I really want to play the absolute best that I can for my team. I want to do it for the, my teammates. I want to do it for my coaches. I want to do it for the program. But I really think that at the end of the day, if I walk off the golf course and I am just so grateful for everything that I've had, everything that I've experienced, I know that I kept a clear mind. I tried mm -hmm. my best. Mm -hmm. I did absolutely everything that I could that I will have mm -hmm. so much peace. Mm -hmm. And I that brings me peace just thinking about mm -hmm. it. You know, walking off the, the third round at the Big Ten Championship or at regionals or at the national championship, um, I, I look forward to that feeling because I'm confident that no matter how the round went, I will be happy. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's something that is um, is really brings like I said, I've said a bunch of times brings me a lot of peace. And, and you're just, not going out there trying to play bad, right? Of course not. That's yeah, that, that's the thing, and I think that's a perspective that that as coaches that we can do a better job at. And that's one thing that I think in the last few years that I've tried to do a better job is you're not going out there purposely trying to play bad. Right, you never. Been given your, you're giving your best effort, and that could be a 77, it could be a 67, but right. it, it, it's it's what you've got that day, and that's all we can ask for. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. The ball doesn't always bounce the way no. that we want it to either. It doesn't always go in the hole, no matter how hard, hard we will it in the hole. So, Coach, we talked about 24 years of coaching there's got to be all kinds of ups, all kinds of downs, all kinds of stories. So what is a particularly challenging moment that you have faced as a coach? And what did you do oh, to wow. overcome it? That's a great question. Um, I think one of the most challenging moments is probably the couple years I spent out of coaching. And I think that was, uh, I think it was a, at, the, at that point, I don't think I realized why. I was getting out of coaching. I just knew I needed to. 
And uh, I went into, I still was in higher education. I was actually, uh, I went in to be an assistant athletic director at a school. Um, but I spent two years out of coaching. And what it did is it relit that fire for me. And it kind of changed. That's where my philosophy changed a little bit. Um, and I guess missing that. And I knew, I think it comes down to that passion with what you're doing. Obviously, you have a passion for this type of work and media work. Um, that kind of just realigned my passion of, of I'm, I feel like I'm still supposed to be coaching. I'm still going to do it as long as I have that passion. The second that goes away, I'm going to stop. Right. Um, so I think that might be the most challenging was, was not knowing why my road was going towards this administration route out of coaching. But I learned a lot in those two years about myself, all about the athletes that I had coached and how I want to coach my future athletes uh, knowing that one day I'd be back into coaching. So I think that was one of the biggest challenges that I've had in that. Wow, definitely, definitely. So challenging moment was kind of that realization of where's my passion yeah. and what's yep. next. Yeah, yep. yeah, you know, I'd, it's not the answer of I had a, I had this player that was a challenger <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, but no, no but it's not that type of answer. But, you know, we obviously we've had many, in 24 years you have a lot of challenges with, teams and players and other coaches and everything else. But I, I gotta say, I've been pretty fortunate to be around some pretty good people, be around some pretty good coaches, um, be around some pretty good team teams, uh, you know, a good group, good group of people. The golf community is pretty special and, and that there's, that it's been fun to be around that. Well, I, I completely agree. I, I've been very fortunate as well. So with that being said, you know, you said that you started out coaching women. Now you're coaching a women's team. You got a female head coach who you're alongside. What's it like being surrounded by all these women all the time? <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, no, <laughs> you know what? It's. I think God gave me two girls knowing that I'd be at this point in my life right now. Aww, so, um, you can say <laughs> you like coaching women more than men, too. You can always I, you say know, that. It, That's okay. They both, they both are, you know, people ask me what the difference is. I don't think there's a difference coaching as far as the X's and O's, but uh, there is definitely a difference, I think, with the mental side of things and the emotional side of things. Um, and it's, it's been fun. I've always, you know, I, I guess I, if you held a gun to my head, I would say I've always enjoyed coaching women a little more mm -hmm. than, than the men's team. I think I've told you that. Off I knew that a lot, one. But, yeah, I knew that. Um, but, you know, it's, it, each one poses their great challenges and great rewards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I miss coaching men, uh, men's teams as I'm well. I'm sure. But, I'm sure. Well, same with, I mean, um, I play, like I said, I played high school yeah. golf on the men's golf team and there are things I miss about playing yeah. on, on a boys team. Totally. I mean, yeah. there's some things that I absolutely, you know, am glad, reasons I'm glad to be on a women's yeah. team, but totally, but totally. It's, it's, yeah, it's, but I, I, I'm really enjoying where the moment that I'm in now with the group that we have right now, it's like you said, I think it's going to be a special year and, and it, so far, it started off pretty well, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how this ends here. Me too. So speaking of uh, looking forward, now looking back, how about a memorable moment on the golf course? What's been one of your most memorable <laughs> moments on the golf course? Involving you? It doesn't have to involve me, although, you know, maybe I've given some I have a great memorable moment with you that I think you're going to know the one that, we, that we've kind of always talked about here in the last couple of weeks, especially. Oh, boy. Uh, that's where we're in Florida, one of our first years, and, and you're on pace to shoot your record round in college 
and we're sitting there. I'm not even kidding. I have no idea what this is going. I'm actually nervous. Uh, we're, we're sitting there. We're sitting there. On, you're, you're, I think you're two under or three under at the time, and you got stuck on the side of this bunker. And, oh, okay, and, uh, okay, okay. I looked yeah. at you. I said, Emma, have you played softball? And you go, no. I go, all right, well, try to close your eyes and try to hit this. Okay, so then. for everyone listening, yes, we're having, <laughs> it's like my best round in college for sure. Matt's walking with me, helping me out every single step of the way. And if you can picture it, so I'm standing in the bunker and the ball is outside the bunker. Waist high. Waist high, okay? So my arms are way high, like balls way above my feet, like I'm swinging a, a baseball bat, softball bat. And, yeah, he says to me, he says, Emma, have you ever – uh, played softball before, and I'm standing over the golf ball getting ready to hit. I think I got like a six iron in my hand. Coach, you should not have been letting me hit a six iron. You should not have been letting me hit six iron. I don't know. Confidence was high. The round was going well. Yeah, of course I can hit six iron. I was trying like to stay out of your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's nice of you. Instead of, you know, saying I need to do something I didn't want to do, I guess, but maybe in that case you should have because that did not go well. So she, 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 she takes this big, big swing. I mean, it's a par five. <laughs> I think she thought she could reach the green with a six iron. Um, she takes a big swing, and we look for the ball, and she completely whiffs it. Completely missed. <laughs> missed the golf ball. And it was missed just sitting right there. We both look at each other, and we both just start laughing. We, no, that, yeah, uh, that's a, that's how you know, you know, we're talking about keeping a positive yep. attitude. We're talking about yep. having fun. No, I whiffed the golf ball in a college event when yep. I was two, three under par, and we looked at each other. We go, oh, no. <laughs> we you, start keep you laughing. You whiffed on your on your career college round. So yeah, I think you shot a 69 that day and with a whiff we always say something else. <laughs> with a whiff. That, that, it was funny one. too because the men's men's golf team they were playing an event in Florida too. So nice they actually came out to watch. So we yeah. got like and because the round was going well my round was kind of coming to a close a lot of them were kind of a lot of yeah, really right. good buddies were standing right there watching. I think Justin might have been there mm -hmm. our men's coach was watching and swung and missed and yeah, it, like afterwards good. so they all saw this right and then afterwards i'm like yeah they're like hey i'm like awesome round i'm like thanks so much yeah, yeah i mean i like did whiff once and they're like yeah never seen that before <laughs> like not they didn't even say to me like oh it's totally okay don't yeah. worry about it they're just like yeah that was yeah, funny they gave you they gave you a lot of well, I agree for that one, but yeah. it, was, it was good. Yeah, no, that's okay, though. It's okay. You know, things happen. Uh, that's not That's not the first. That's not the last time. That's not the first time I've whiffed, and that's also not the, last, the last time, time that yeah. I've whiffed. You know, sometimes something gets caught up in your backswing, yeah. and it just happens. It happens. So, well, uh, Coach Matt, on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so fun. You are so awesome. I'm so well, grateful for you in every way. Emma, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, thank you for having me on. I, I think it. I need to say that the schedule that you keep and the many passions that you have with 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 your podcasting and your uh, singing and your commentating at, at Gopher Games on top of your golf and your student, you do everything top notch and and with uh, with uh, um, just superior superior in whatever you do so it's really cool to watch you do this and 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 to really excel at everything you do so oh gosh so, well, anyways coach, that means so much to me and I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart when i say it definitely would not be possible without all of your support mm -hmm. and with the team and the athletic department and everybody around me i got an amazing family amazing support system you guys are my family so um i, I thank you and I, I thank you for allowing me to to sometimes uh show up to practice and complain for a minute or two <laughs> 
because I double booked myself or whatever I did, but, um, and then, you know, focusing on practice, but uh, couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for, for joining me again on the podcast. This Thanks, has been Noah. so much fun. You're thank the best. You. Welcome back to the podcast. We're at the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show. My name's Emma Carpenter. I am the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show ambassador. I'm here on the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant podcast stage. So excited to have my next guest here join me on the podcast. This is John Mays. He is the Minnesota Golf Association Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer. John, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, Emma. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is great. Up here on the stage, we got some we got MGA around, all kinds of exciting things going on. So what's going on a little bit over at the MGA booth here at the golf show this week? Yeah, thanks for asking. We're uh, you know, we're a longtime partner with the golf show. Obviously want to show our support, um, you know, and be in front of all these passionate golfers that come here over the, the next few days. And um, you know, we're here obviously supporting uh, supporting the show, but also we're putting forward some of our programming, um, you know, some of the championships and events that we run, making sure we know everyone uh, or everyone has a, a calendar of our, event, our events that they can sign up for this year, uh, but also promoting uh, our Youth on Course uh, program uh, as well as our foundation uh, that we can raise money for. Definitely. Well, definitely we want to get more into the Youth on Course program and a little bit more about what you're doing. But first of all, I mean, gosh, I have been playing – MGA events for for a number of years now. I've done the four ball. I've done the match play. I've done so much with MGA. You guys really run some great tournaments. Yeah, you know it's it's what we were founded to do, right? We were we're a championship event uh, organization. Uh, we run the best events in the state. Um, you know, and and ultimately the best amateur players in the state come through the MGA and, and play in our events. So we're really proud of them. Uh, we put a lot of time and effort and energy into putting on really you know high caliber. Uh, high-class events, and, and we have great returns from them. That's absolutely right. Well, um, congratulations to you on that. Like I've said, uh, it just really, really, really well run, which says a lot. You know, I've played I've played a lot of different sanctioned events, and, uh, you know, when when an uh, organization can put on a really great event that's really well run, just there's so many aspects, there's so many factors that go into it, and I know it's quite a bit of work, so definitely says a lot about your association. So you just stepped into this role now just five months ago. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it means, it means a lot to me. Um, I started, you know, back in October. October and uh, took over for Tom Ryan, who had been in this position for a couple of decades, uh, you know, and did, did such great things for the state, uh, for golf in, in Minnesota. Um, when I took over for him, I, I, you know, asked him for a bit of advice, and, and all he said to me was, don't screw it up. Uh, so, um, you know, I, the golf is in a great, great spot right now, especially here in Minnesota. Um, but, you know, for me to step into this, it, it means a lot. I grew up here in Minnesota, grew up in Bloomington, uh, played golf, you know, growing up. Um, had great memories on the course with, you know, with family, with friends, um, and to be able to come back here, uh, you know, after being away uh, from the state for a little while, to come back to my home state to be able to serve uh, golf and serve golfers here in Minnesota, it really means a lot. Absolutely. So, John, this is a question that actually I get a lot, but I feel like you are much more qualified or you, you can just give a much better answer to this question. You're, you're definitely the perfect person uh, to answer this question. Can you tell all the people listening, all the golfers out there, why it is so important to get and to keep a handicap? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you get that question a lot because I think you can probably speak to it as well. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully it means that People are curious about it. If they don't have a handicap, they're wondering, you know, why they should get one. Because uh, really, golf is is a unique sport, um, and and ultimately, I believe it's one of a kind in that you can put someone uh, in a foursome who's maybe the best golfer in the world, and then you can put a weekend hack in that same foursome, 
and they can play competitively against one another. You can't do that in any other sport, mm -hmm. right? You can't do that. You can't put a uh, couple of people from, uh, you know, opposite ends of the talent spectrum on a basketball court or a hockey rink or uh, definitely not a football field. Uh, you can't put them out there and, and expect them to be able to compete against one another and have a, a good time. You right? could give someone like a head start in a race, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you could do that. And that's kind of what handicapping is, right, in, in golf. So, um, you know, I think it's important um, for a few reasons why to get a handicap, right? So I think one of them is golf is such this, uh, you know, it's a game where you're, you're internally motivated to improve and to continue to get better. Your coach was just on talking about how you never master the game, right? You never ultimately get to that point where you are a true master of the game. Um, and your, your handicap index is one way to measure that really. Mm -hmm. It's, it's mm -hmm. the best way to measure your, your improvement. So you can see over time, you know, how your handicap index is hopefully, uh, hopefully moving in the right direction. <laughs> right. Um, it doesn't always, yeah, yeah, it doesn't for, always, for which some is of okay. us, it, it doesn't happens. Quite. It happens. Um, but you know, as we, as we go out there and compete, um, you know, it's your way of, of kind of gauging your, your progress and showing how you can uh, get better over time you know, through practice and whatnot. Definitely. Yeah. And also, you know, I just want to say it's also okay if you fall under the weekend hack category, it's fine. <laughs> it's like wrong you, know, with like that. you said, it, it definitely, oh, there's a reason you can, it's neat how you can measure your progress as well. You know, a lot of people have handicap oriented goals, which is awesome that you that you can measure that in a sport where you might not be playing competitively all these other sports where you know as soon as it's not organized anymore you you can not really play anymore that's part of the reason what makes golf so special so um you know with that being said also the importance of having having a handicap how about in some in some events in some uh, outings and things like yep. that, the ability to play in those. Yeah, of course. You know, I think um, whether it's, you know, just a, a weekend, uh, you know, golf round of golf with your buddies to be able to compare against and, and compete against one another, playing in a Twilight League or playing in a real, you know, competitive, um, you know, match play or, um, you know, or stroke play event, to have a handicap is ultimately your best way to uh, have this kind of wide array of talents and, and, um, you know, levels of ability, being able to play in a, in a singular event and being able to um, enjoy that and, and compete because, you know, there's such a wide array of talent within this, this, um, in this game. And for us to be able to go out there and, and have a, an event where you can, um, you know, ultimately put all these people together and still have an outcome that anyone can, you know, have a chance to compete and have a chance to win. Um, it's why, you know, golf is so special. Um, you know, and we get a lot of people all the time, saying, you know, well, I'm not good enough to have a handicap. And really, that's the reason for it, right? That's the reason why you should get an index, um, you know, why you should become a member of the MGA. And, and ultimately, um, you know, the, the growth of the game will happen in that area, right? When, when you go from being kind of this person who might be a little bit intimidated to even step foot on the golf course or to go out and play around and then progressing from you know, that to playing nine holes, to playing 18 holes, to having an index, to playing in some competitive rounds. That's kind of the, the progression of, of a golfer. And, and some people might never get to that point where they're playing, you know, a true competitive round. Um, but to get to the point where you can match up against your against your buddies when you're out playing or to play in a, in a league that has an index, um, I think that that's a really important kind of step for, for the industry. 
Definitely, definitely. Being able to play fairly uh, against against your buddies in a group is is the first step at, at having some real serious fun. And if you can get yourself in some of these outings and tournaments, don't you want to win some money? I <laughs> mean, course. come on, actually, you know, the higher the handicap, the better your chances <laughs> are of going to be winning some money, getting some strokes. So, um, John, a couple things that I want to talk to you about. Um, the second thing being the Youth On Course program. The Youth On Course program is something so special that MGA has. It's something that I have personally taken advantage of. Can you tell, tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's something we're really proud of. Um, As you, you should know, be. Youth On Course, um, it was a national program. Uh, it was started out in California, and we're proud to be the second largest um, state in the country. Wow. Uh, you know, so we had over 80,000 rounds played through Youth On Course last year. Wow. Um, fit over 15,000 individuals uh, a part of that program which is just, you know, incredible numbers, blows other states out of the water, um, you know, and, and is something that I think points to the, um, you know, the passion that Minnesotans have for the game right. and to uh, have it be a generational game where uh, kids are out playing with their parents, kids are out um, learning the game from mom or dad or grandma or grandpa uh, like I did. And, you know, I think that um, to show and to, to just have that be something that we can hang our hat on um, as you know, one of these states that is the best at um, you know providing access and opportunity for kids to get out on the course, it just means so much to us. So, uh, for those who don't know, the Youth on Course program is uh, an opportunity for a, an annual membership for anyone 18 and under to um, have access to rounds of golf at, at five dollars or less. And uh, you know, the Minnesota Golf Association, through the Minnesota Golf Foundation, subsidizes those rounds. So. It's not possible without um, our partners at the 100 or, or so courses throughout the state that host youth on course uh, individuals. Um, and they're the ones who are really um, pushing it forward and allowing access for those individuals. And then the Minnesota Golf Foundation comes through and subsidizes those rounds and, and kind of makes it happen from a financial aspect. That's right. Well, I mean, so much of what we talk about with parents wanting to get their kids into the sport is access, is, is the financials. A lot of people, you know, say that golf is just so, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. It's so difficult to get your kid involved in the game so young. But with this youth on course program with the MGA, it just provides unbelievable opportunity for these kids. And that's something that's just so excited for, exciting for the overall growth of the game. Yeah, we, you know, we have to, um, we got to grow the game with this next generation, right? And, and in order for the game to continue to um, advance um, and grow in the way that it has here over the last three or four years, um, we need to have that next generation involved in, in the game. And, and you know, everything is, is pointing to this upcoming generation really engaging with the game of golf. Um, in a real meaningful way and being excited to get out on the course, which is awesome. That's absolutely right. So, John, last thing I want to get to is the current state of the industry. We've talked about how Minnesotans love their golf. We're sitting here at the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show. So with that being said, you have something new and exciting going on right now. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so, you know, we kind of touched on it there a little bit, but golf is um, in such a good spot right now, right? Golf is um, as popular as it's been for many decades. Uh, rounds are up. Uh, Golfers are, number of golfers are up, uh, and especially here in Minnesota, right? So Minnesota is one of the most popular states in the country for golf. Um, our golfers are very passionate about it. Uh, we love being outside. We love getting out on the course. And um, in order for us to kind of showcase uh, the growth of the game and the state of the industry, uh, the Minnesota Golf Association is launching an economic impact study in order to, um, you know, put some data behind that to show some numbers of, 
how golf impacts our economy throughout the state. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that golf impacts, uh, impacts an economy. Obviously, there's kind of the direct impact of, um, you know, jobs, obviously, at these courses and jobs throughout the industry uh, from, you know, the golf pros at the courses to the golf managers, um, you know, down to the, the entry-level positions of, you know, the cart kids who, who wash off the carts for you after a round and, and all of that. And caddying, obviously, is a big piece of, of kind of the golf culture. Um, so there's, you know, there's that direct impact, but then there's so many other ways that golf impacts the game, right? There's kind of the, the uh, extra stuff that goes along with golf from the food and beverage component of it um, to tourism is a big piece of it, uh, especially with our, you know, our northern courses, our resort courses um, up in, in greater Minnesota. We get a lot of people from all around the country that come mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. because sure. we have such great golf. Right. Um, you know, the, the golf courses in Minnesota are second to none. And we get people that, you know, that flock to Minnesota just to play our courses, just to play the great resort courses up north, right. um, you know, and obviously great courses here in the Twin Cities as well. Um, so that's a big piece of it, uh, um, you know, as in addition to kind of the direct impact. And then we talk about, you know, kind of the sustainability efforts that golf courses are going through. Our golf course superintendents are the best at what they do at being stewards for our environment, um, not overusing water not overusing, you know, uh, chemicals or uh, fertilizers or anything, um, and just being really, you know, they're, they're the best at it because they're trained in it, right? They're, that's what their education is in, and, and that's what they've been trained to do is be stewards of the game and not be wasteful. Um, so that'll be a, a component of the economic impact study. And then another big piece is, is access, like we talked about, right? The amount of access that we're providing to youth. The game is growing in diversity as well. Um, you know, our, our women are getting into the game at really high rates. I know you've talked about that um, on your podcast here. And, you know, people of color are getting into the game as well, which is, you know, just a fin- fantastic development. That's right. There have been a lot, a, a lot of stereotypes about golf in the past. And so it's just, it's really exciting to see the growth of the game overall. It sounds like this economic impact study is going to provide so much insight on the game and the future of the game. And, Congratulations to you, John, on, on everything that you're doing. It sounds like there's going to be lots of really exciting stuff coming up in addition to everything that you've already done and continuing to build on that. So congratulations to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been a blast chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, awesome. Enjoy the rest of the of the golf show. Uh, and s- sign up for MGA events. Get your handicap, all of the above, everything that you've been listening to. Uh Get your kid a part of the Youth on Course program. And I am here on the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant stage. It's been a great time on this podcast stage. My name is Emma Carpenter. I am the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show Ambassador. Thank you so much for tuning in today.